0: Episode 125 of the Drive-By Podcast is sponsored by Playground, where you can experience their world-renowned poker room with free food and drinks at their cash game tables, a world-record-setting Batbeat beat jackpot that is now well over $2.3 million. Weekly promotions, daily tournaments, and unmatched customer service. Why play anywhere else? Located just over the Mercier Bridge, only minutes from downtown Montreal. Playground. This is The Drive-By
1: with Freeway Frank.
0: The Drive-By Podcast, brought to you by Own Space. Episode 125 of The Drive-By Podcast, and the man is finally here. Marinaro, (laughs) my friend. Thank you. For being on the podcast, you're welcome, Thank Tony. You for having me, what took so long? Um, by the way, I'm super pumped. I've yeah. had many different people on here. We're friends. Yeah, we've done this many times, sitting down. Yeah, maybe having a bite to eat, having a cannoli, whatever. But we never sat down in the industry. Yeah, to have a chat.
1: I'm pretty pumped about it. And we were in the same building, and Lord knows we would have liked to have done some radio together at some point. We finally get the chats. It's not radio; it's podcasting, but. It's a new wave, it's a new era, and here we are. And you got into the podcasting world way before me, which
0: I think was a fantastic move on your part. Not s- such a great move on my part. I took a while because of what happened. You know, In the first three years of this decade, we're not going to mention the word that starts with a C and ends in a D. So you were doing it even before you finished your, your tenure over at TSN. And I think that was an amazing move for you. Because look where you are today.
1: It actually, the way it came about was, so once again, Frank, I was doing radio for about 19 and a half years uh, when all was said and done. But uh, I was about probably on year 17 when uh, a buddy of mine called me and he said, um, come over, Sammy wants to show you something. Now Sammy's his son. So let me just backtrack for a second year. I met this family, the Caballero family, give or take about 10 years ago. So my buddy, Mike Moretto, um, a good friend of mine. Grew up playing soccer with Agnello. So he says to me, he says, Tony, I have a family I want to introduce you to. The boy was diagnosed with spinal muscular atrophy at a very, very young age. The family has a fundraiser every year. And I'm hoping that you can help them out, help bring some exposure to the cause, volunteer your services, do some MC stuff for them and all that stuff. I said, Mike, no problem. My pleasure. I'd love to meet them. So I met the Cavallaros about 10 years ago. So um, Sammy, once again, was diagnosed with spinal muscular atrophy at nine months old. Uh, His parents in Yellow and Rosa were told that Sammy was going to pass away by the age of two. Uh, Today, Sammy's 22 years old. Uh, He's doing really well. He runs his own social media company. And he has for the last 10 years. He all got started. He got started probably um, with an Instagram account, which is Sick Highlights. Sammy's a big sports fan. So what he would do is he would be in front of his TV watch football, watch hockey, watch basketball. And the second a highlight would come up, like a highlight reel, he would tape it, he would upload it onto Instagram, attach a bed of music, and he would almost have it before anybody else. That Instagram handle has brought him 2 million followers. So that's where it all started for Sammy. Mm -hmm. 10 years later, Sammy has over 6 million followers on Instagram, he's got a Snapchat channel. And he called me and he said, uh, he brought me, I went over to his house. He brought me downstairs, he had built a podcast studio. So Sammy's company is called Sick Media. And he says, this is my little podcast studio and I'd love for you to host the Sick Podcast. And um, so I was busy, to be honest. I'm working radio, three hour show. I'm working TV every now and then. My boys are very involved. In soccer soccer. i'm driving them around everywhere my wife's got a business that she owns with her sister we're pretty busy but how do you say no to sammy i saw the look on sammy's face when he talked to me about the project how he was smiling how he was glowing and so i'm like all right this has to happen so i went into the station and i talked to my boss and i said um podcast, Sammy, explain the story, and this is what I'd like to do. And um, that's how I got started.
0: Well, let's get right to it. Yeah. Did, did you feel like you were met with any kind of resistance when you mentioned podcasts, considering you were working in radio right away? Or were, did they welcome the fact that you were exploring new avenues? Yeah. Probably not, right? The, no, I, I the, would imagine, uh, having worked in that building, Yeah. they probably were a little bit... Concerned about you yeah. doing that, right?
1: Yeah, no, I didn't get the green light initially, but I I know others were doing something in terms of a second job in some way, shape, or form. And I actually thought it would be great if I would be doing a podcast because I would be researching even more than I already was. Yeah, And so I wouldn't be taking away my focus from my job to focus on something else. I'd actually be, you know, um, reinforcing what I was doing. I'd I'd, I'd do more research. I thought it would be better. And so, yeah, I didn't get the green light initially. So I uh, went home and I thought about it. And I'm like, how do I say no to Sammy? And a couple of days later, I... Did it anyway. Went into the office (laughs) and I said, uh, look, here's the deal. Others are doing this, that, and whatever. And uh, I'm going to do it. So I did it. And there's one thing about you, Tony. We're friends,
0: so we know each other you know, from a more intimate friendship basis. Tony FaceTimes me, sends me messages, loves to share a lot of what's going on in his life. And likewise, I do as well. And we have a connection because we worked in radio many years, our background being yeah. Italian. And you're a hard worker. And I've always considered myself somebody that, you know, picked up, left, went across the country worked hard to get to the point I was before I lost my gig. One thing that I loved about you from the start is and I hope this doesn't sound tacky, but yeah. when I'd listen to you or see you and I remember watching you when I was still living in Calgary. Yeah. On LDS on Sans 5 I said I think oh. the first television show was La à 5. La à 5 which in is a French,
1: fantastic. which was fantastic right after Sans 5 yeah. And I
0: remember watching and I didn't know you from a, a hole in the wall. I was yeah. living in Calgary with my Albertan girlfriend at the time, which became my wife, Stephanie. Yeah. And I was like, I love this guy. And the thing about you is you could tell you always had it in the desire to work in the business was always there. You had it in your eyes. You still have it right now and you work hard. Things come to you. Good things come to you because you're a hard worker. And there's a lot of people in this industry that might, Take that for granted and just assume they turn on a microphone. Yeah, nah, I'll put it. I'll pull it off. Right, yeah. I've done this for so long. Not you. That's what Tony Marinaro is about: hard work. Yeah. and getting the scoops and being better than he was the last podcast or the last show.
1: So, I, look, I appreciate that, and I'll I'll tackle that in a second. But I do want to start by uh, by sending you some flowers your way as well, because you know you worked all over the country. And as much as everything you said I believe is true and I know is true about me and I thank you, that's something that I wasn't willing to do. I got lucky, I got lucky. I got the chance to do radio in my hometown, in my city. Not a lot of people get that chance, you know? And I started doing afternoon drive. I did that for about two and a half years. I did morning show for two and a half years and then I did a midday show for 14 years. A lot of people that get started in the business, if they're from Montreal, they're starting at a very average radio station in Winnipeg, and they're probably on weekends and probably on a midnight type of thing. So I got lucky. You know, as much as I love my job and I love what I do, like when I wake up in the morning, like I whistle, like I'm the happiest guy in the world, uh, because it's not a job to me, right? It really is a pastime. It's a hobby. It's if a you love
0: what you, what you do,,
1: yeah. then it shouldn't be a job. But as much as I love it. I don't think I would have been willing to do what you did. I love Montreal. I love my friends. I love my family. And um, I don't think I would have traveled to do what I do. So you deserve a lot of credit for that. As for working hard, I didn't pursue my studies. I didn't go to university, unfortunately. I never got in. It's a huge regret, disappointment. Uh, It's not the end of the world, but some personal satisfaction. It's something that I wish I would have had, that piece of paper. Who knows? It's never too late. Um, I didn't study in communications. I didn't study in journalism. I actually started working on the radio before I took any sort of class whatsoever. So I had no other choice but to work hard Mm -hmm. to get to where I got to because I didn't have very polished English then. I still don't now. I screw up a few words every now and then. (laughs) But it's funny because for the most part, I think people kind of appreciate that because I'm just a regular guy.
0: And that's the thing, Tone. you never pretend to be someone else. So it kind of shocks me in a way when you're this guy next door, regular guy, that the industry wants to change, not necessarily you specifically, but could be me, but people who want to be themselves, are not always allowed to be themselves. You ran into that a few times in radio. There's no doubt about it because we had, Tony's like, you're bringing up all this shit right off the top. You're going right to it. This call is for not Tony Marinero. I never have my phone on. They're already calling me. They're already sending the legal letter. Mine's on mute. Tony, I always felt. Yeah. When you are a bigger than life personality, which that's what you are. And when I mentioned the fact that I watched you on TV, when I didn't even know who the heck you were, then I found out that you grew up listening to Ted Teevan. I grew up listening to Ted Teevan. Then I found out you were Tony from La Salle. I was like, I, I remember Russell, Kookaburra, Remember Russell, which now wouldn't fly nowadays, right? Russell doing that kind of stuff on the radio. And then uh, Tony from LaSalle. Mario from The Lookout. Mario from The Lookout and all these characters. And then I found out that you were the Tony. Who's a friend of mine, by the way. Oh, he
1: is a friend of yours? Yeah, who owns a restaurant, downtown Montreal, by the way, which will, you know.
0: That's where you got. Okay, you said you didn't go to university. I was rejected. I never got into journalism. I did English major. Minor in history, whatever that means. Don't. It's more okay? than me. So, But the point is, we still had our careers in radio. You still do on the French side, which we'll talk about. Yeah. But your life lessons came from listening to Ted Tevin. Yeah. That's how I learned. Like The radio greats is how I learned, truthfully, how to do radio. And what I learned from Ted, even though I never had the chance to meet him, you did. Yes, I did. Is you have to be yourself. He wasn't yeah. trying to be someone else, but... You have to be able to be who you are, to do the things you do. And there was no one like Ted Teven at the time on Montreal Radio. Mm-hmm. There will never be another guy like him. He was the best. He was the best. He truly was. For us, he was our Wayne Gretzky, our Bobby Orr. You name the player. Yeah. Connor McDavid for the kids growing up now. Yeah. That's who he was for us. So you learned by listening to that
1: program. Yeah. That's There's, the school that I went to. Correct. You're right. He was on. As a matter of fact, he was on different time slots, but down the stretch, he was on uh, CIQC AM 600.
0: CFMB at some point, the Italian yes, station. Yes, CFMB
1: at one point, yeah. which back then I think he was on 1410 10. AM. Mm-hmm. Um, but I used to listen to him, he was on CIQC AM 600, and ironically, he was on from 10 to one, but 10 PM to 1 AM. And for the last 14 years of radio, I did 10 AM. <laughs> To yeah, one p m so yeah. we we're both on from ten to one, but he was a night owl, and I was doing uh, midday radio and i used to I used to listen to his show all the time. I used to try and call in once or twice a week uh, I used to get very involved when they were doing trivia and stuff like that. Um, I would have casual conversations with him sometimes, talk sports with him other times. I would just follow his lead because you know he could ramble on about anything and he was there's nobody. <laughs> who could just ramble on better than him and there never will be, it was unbelievable. He could actually do, I'm convinced he can do like a 24 hour radio show, like no problem. Um, but I used to go to bed at night and I used to listen to him, Sony Walkman, the yellow one, the one that used to clip oh, yeah. there with those yeah. uh, yellow headphones that would go uh, inside the ears, you know them? I had the silver one. And uh, <laughs> and uh, I used to listen to him all the time and yeah. I love the guy and it was, look, When I was a kid, I used to play soccer. I was decent. I would have loved to have been a soccer player, but I knew I didn't have what it took. So for me, the next best thing, if I can't play sports, is gonna be talking about sports. And really, we were blessed, because I used to listen to Mitch Melnick growing up, who was great. Mitch Garber had a show on weekends. He was great, I liked him a lot. And I absolutely loved Ted Thieven. So we were blessed, we had a lot of good people. He inspired me, and one night when I was in bed, it was probably 12.56 a.m. or so, and he goes out of his show, I think with Neil Diamond.
0: Shirley Temple, Good Yeah, night.
1: yeah, and uh, he says, before I break away, to Tony from LaSalle, <laughs> you got the goods to be in this business. And I was actually taping it at the time, because I used to do stuff like this. I used to tape with my cassette, I used to tape a lot of his shows, and I would go back and listen to them and listen to them and listen to them. And I kept listening to that over and over and over again. And I knew then and there that that's what I wanted to do. And I said, if this guy can give me a shutout and tell me that he thinks, if Ted Teven thinks that I have the goods to be in this business, well, I don't care what anyone else thinks. Because yeah, I was, I was met with a lot of, yeah, yeah, you're good. And you called in, you're funny, but I mean... This is radio. This is, and it's not yeah. going to happen, you know? And, right. You know, my parents would say, Tony, it's not going to happen, yeah. right? I mean, they loved dad, me, but same it was thing. like, Tony, it's yeah. not going to happen, right. right? You're an Italian from La Salle. It doesn't happen to people like us. It's yeah. not happening. That's right? the
0: exact line. Yeah. You're Italian from Montreal North. Yeah. 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 So that was, in a way, okay, our parents, innocent from the old country, yeah. they don't mean any harm by saying that because no. they wanted you to have a job job, right? For but, sure. But it was painful to hear them say that because oh, like, yeah. they're, they're basically telling you, you're not going to make it, Tony.
1: Yeah. I was, uh, everything fell into place for me. So just to put things in context, I have a friend of mine, Pino Azaro. He was the first general manager in the history of the Montreal impact. As a matter of fact, uh, he was the general manager on the team that won the championship back in 1994. The first year of the impact, was 1993. He's a family friend. Pino dabbled in a few different industries. He had a sports store at one point. Uh, uh, he worked here, there and everywhere, but an avid sports fan, and at one point, he got a gig where he had a sports radio show on CFMB um, Sunday nights from midnight to two in the morning. Pinot knew I had a passion for this stuff and asked me if I could help out, if I could intern. So he got me doing the sports updates. He got, he got me doing research work. And that's how I started. Uh, he got me accreditation to the Montreal Canadiens practices. And I remember the first practice I covered. I believe it was 1995, but I could be wrong. I go to the Montreal Forum, and there's some talk that after practice, Kirk Muller's gone upstairs uh, to Serge Savard's office, and they're talking. Muller comes down. I take out the microphone. I hit record. There's a scrum of reporters' cameras. Kirk Muller just got traded. And uh, he got traded and, uh, for Pierre Turgeon to the New York Islanders. And Mueller is in tears. I'm a pretty sensitive guy. I left that day. I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, if this is what reporting is and this is what sports covering sports is, like, I was like, a, I was very, very emotional the rest of the day. But anyway, that's how I got my feet wet. Years later and years later, fast forward now, up seven years later, I go to a golf tournament and I meet Wayne Buse. Wayne Buse used to be the sales manager at FM. So anyway, he's talking hockey with a few friends there. I'm talking hockey with a few friends. He hears me and he says, I recognize this voice. Are you Tony from LaSalle? And I said, yeah, that's me. So anyway, we started talking hockey and he invites me to be part of this big hockey pool that he organizes. So I said, sure, I'd love to be there. So anyway, that year he invites me to his hockey pool, regular season pool, 20 guys Uh, I win the pool. (laughs) Of course you do. (laughs) Get to the playoffs. I wouldn't win them today. I'm not as good as I used to be. Get to the playoffs. He invites me back. I win the pool. So now I've caught his attention a little bit. So I'm working in a completely different industry. I'm working for um, uh, a company that makes access cards for hotels, for um, hotel locks, basically. Mm -hmm. Right? The cards that you swipe to go into. And, And I get an email. And in the subject field, it says, do you want to be a star? So I look at it and I read it. Wayne Buse says, call me. So I call him. He goes, look, I moved over from Shome FM. I'm now working for the Team 990, Montreal's all sports radio station. And he says, we have no Montreal Canadiens post game show. I'd love to have one to compete with CJAD, who has one. And he says, I'd love for you to do it. The only challenge is, don't have any money to pay you so I said look this is a dream of mine like I've always wanted to do this but to be totally honest with you (laughs) like I'm not ready for this like I'm just I'm not good enough to be on the radio and he said no no you know of course you are of course you are and I wasn't but I did it I said you know what an opportunity has presented itself to me here and I'm gonna I'm gonna take it so I did it and about a month later it comes back to me and he says guess what we got some pretty good response as a matter of fact a couple of advertisers have jumped on board, so we're making some sponsorship dollars. So he says, I want you to do the Habs pregame show, but I don't have any money to pay you. And I said, that's fine, I don't, so now I'm working nine to five, I'm getting on the Metro, I was working around the carry, get on the Metro, make my way to downtown Montreal, uh, Green Avenue, corner of the Maisonneuve, and now I'm doing pregame game shows starting at around 6 p.m. I'm watching the game. If it's at the, the Bell Center, I'm going to the Bell Center. And then I'm coming back to the studio after the second period. And if it's not at the Bell Center, if it's on TV, I'm watching it on TV. Then I'm going on after the game. And then I'm doing the post-game show. So now, I'm, I, like, I leave for work at about 7.30 in the morning. And I'm getting home almost at 1 a.m. So now my mother's calling me because our mothers love to check up on us. <laughs> and... Um, I had got married in 2001, so I was about a year into my marriage, and my mother's saying, you never see your wife, you're working all the time, it's not gonna work out, you can't do this. And luckily I had the support of my wife who said, you know, like I know you've always wanted to do this, so if you don't try, you don't know, go for it. So everything was cool in that regard. A couple of months later, comes back to me and says, guess what? Wayne Buse says. He says, with the advertising dollars that came in for the post-game show and the advertising dollars that came in for the pre-game show from September to the month of December, preseason all the way to just after Christmas, he says, I think we have enough budget to now open up an afternoon drive on the radio station because at the time, there was just a morning show with Mitch Melnick, and the rest of the day, they were playing some sports radio station out of the States. So it was only one local show. So he says, we have enough budget to have an afternoon drive show. So he says, I want you to audition. I said, I'm not qualified for that. No, and he goes, listen, he goes, we're doing the auditions two at a time. And right now, seven people have thrown their name into the hat. So we actually need somebody else because we do them two at a time. It'll make it an even eight. Just go for it. So I went for it. About a week later or two weeks later, I'm at work. I'm at the office, my full-time job. And uh, I get called into the office that morning, and my boss says, bad news. Uh, Your department, in six months from now, will be moving to Winston-Salem, North Carolina. So, unfortunately, you're going to lose your job. Damn. Got married in 2001. In 2002, one year later, I'm losing my job. This sucks. Go back to my desk. Phone rings. I'm just about to pick up the phone to call my wife to tell her I'm losing my job in six months. Phone rings, Wayne Buse, congratulations, you got the job. You're gonna be co-hosting the afternoon drive with Joey Elias. So now I call my wife and I say, good news, bad news. The bad news is <laughs> I'm gonna be losing my job here in six months. The good news is I just got offered a job to work on TSN, uh, on Team 990. Yep. And uh, so that's the first call I made. The second call was to my mother, who of course said, You're not taking the radio job. You're such a good employee that even though you're going to lose your job in six months, this company is going to find something else for you. Stay there. And I said to my mother, I said, Ma, I'm losing my job here. If I go work on the radio and I lose my job in three months, four months, five months, or six months, I'm losing my job anyway. Mm -hmm. So you know what? I'm not going to spend the rest of my life wondering what if I'm taking it. And I took it. And that's how I got started in the business.
0: It is a wild story. Yeah. You know, I've seen things like this about, uh, you know, band members. Yeah. Then becoming lead singers and, yeah. right? And uh, rock stars, stuff like that. I got a it's, wilder it's, it's, story, It's a radio star story. I got a wilder
1: story. Go ahead. Okay. Tony, I love this because so, most of the
0: time I have to talk. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> you could talk. So, so first year, I'm not very good at what I do. All right. I'm not very good. They're actually writing articles about me in the paper. Uh, in our English sports daily, which now I get along with everyone there, but first couple of months in was this guy's not very good. He's brutal, broken English, all that stuff. They got to get rid of him. And so now I'm like, I'm, I've, I'm feeling a lot of pressure, right? Like I'm just, you know what? And I wasn't equipped to deal with all that stuff. Right. I didn't know how to handle it all that well. I was losing sleep. I was going crazy. And, um, I get called into the office one day, get called into the office and, uh, in the office is Wayne Buse, who's once again, the sales manager and Lee Hamilton, the GM. who was the general manager. Mm-hmm. So Lee Hamilton says, listen, the ratings came out, not very happy. I thought you would have been better than this. I thought you would have progressed more and uh, something's, something's gotta give here. So instead of getting rid of me right away, they said, we're gonna give you a month to turn it around. But on this day, we're meeting back in this office, we're gonna check back, and we're gonna see if we've made any progress. If we haven't, well then that's it. So that next month didn't go very well. Because once again, I'm feeling even more Mm -hmm. pressure, and I just, I wasn't equipped to deal with it at the time. I was raw like I never went through any kind of schooling or training or anything like that and whatever it was. I actually, I got very lucky. I inherited, you know, an afternoon drive co-host job without having a lot of experience. I got it because I was knowledgeable in sports and I was very, very passionate about my work and I was willing to work hard. That's it. That's all. Mm -hmm. But I, I didn't have all the tools. So, one month later, I go into the office, head between my legs. That's it. I'm getting fired. This is the worst <laughs> day of my life. So Wayne Buse calls me into his office. He says, come here. Mm. So I go in, and he says, all right, so we're supposed to meet this morning at whatever time it was. I don't remember. And uh, he said, that Lee Hamilton was going to fire you. He died four hours ago. I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah he had terminal cancer and he says i didn't even know about it myself he goes i just found out i just spoke to his wife so i'm like damn and he's like well he says you know what i i believe in you i think you're going to be a star so you know what go out there and prove me right and so i was able to hold on to my job and then probably a couple of months later I took a radio and television course downtown. It was a six-month certificate. Was course. Was that the Robert
0: Viral? It was. The, it was yeah.
1: the, I went there with your buddy uh, Vito V. Vito V. Yeah, Vito Shangula.
0: But you, look, you did it though.
1: You went and, there and, and you I, wanted
0: to learn. I you went know?
1: there. Yeah, I was doing that. Uh, I took a couple of, uh, I took a hockey GM and scouting certificate course. Uh, that helped me too, and then with time, of course, I was able to build my network of contacts. I was able to, but the big thing for me. The turning point for me was one day I just went in and I decided to be myself because believe me, believe me, I was trying to be somebody else. I was trying to be this polished broadcaster. I was trying to sound like some kind of scholar or professor. That's not me. One day when they say, you know what, just be yourself, I went in and I was myself and That was it. I was different from the rest. And I just went with that and it worked. And once again, two and a half years of afternoon drive, then two and a half years of morning show. And then Wayne Buse brings me out for lunch. He says, I'm going to give you your own show. You're going to do the midday show between 10 and 12, and it's going to be your show and you're going to host it and you're going to be the guy. And he says, it's a really tough slot because the expectations are very, very low. There's not a lot of cars on the road at 10 o'clock in the morning. The majority of the cars are on the road, of course, at 7 a.m., at 8 a.m., at 4 p.m., at 5 p.m., either morning or drive home. But he says, it's a really tough slot. It's great for your personal life because you'll be home by like 1.30 in the afternoon. Um, But if there's someone here who can make something out of nothing, I think it's you. And uh, go for it. And I did that slot for 14 years. And I loved it. I loved it. And you were fantastic at it. Thank you. As a radio guy myself,
0: if you've worked long enough in this business, you know, you can take the guy or girl out of radio. But you can't take radio out of the guy or girl. I love radio. Radio is, it's a special medium. And it was massive. And I don't think you were done with working in English Montreal radio. I don't want you to get emotional, but I get emotional because I went through something similar. So we, we, we have a lot in common because of that. You weren't done working at, at TSN in a perfect world, you would still be there. There's no doubt in my mind. In a perfect
1: world, I would still be there. Yes.
0: You had the podcast. You started that several years, about three years now. Give or take, give or take three, or years, take three years before. Yeah. So you have that to fall back on. Given the fact that radio is going where radio is going, it's not going up. Let's be honest. Yeah. It's going. Yeah. Downward. I still wish
1: them a very long life.
0: And so do I, because it's something that was my livelihood for yeah. s- three decades. Yeah. So I'm, you know, and radio is
1: different. Radio is special. I think we and need radio, radio. is. Yeah. And I have friends that work there, so I don't want Absolutely. to see anybody out of a
0: job. You know? Correct. So you don't want the people that. You respect the most former colleagues, friends of yours to feel like to feel bad about the fact but you know they should realize where they are and where this is headed, yeah, you are preparing yourself with the podcast to have something to fall back on
1: a hundred percent there's no
0: doubt in my mind,
1: but that's not the the first reason why, but
0: that's not the first reason why, yeah, but you weren't done working there no out of all your years there, yeah, from what I remember because I was a big listener not only a friend of yours but i used to listen to you daily literally come off the air and then have our meeting and then i was excited to get into the car imagine another radio guy excited to get into the car as a huge montreal Canadiens fan as we became friends later being italian we shared a lot in common and i wanted to hear how you executed your show and you did a fantastic job doing that show no one could replace tony marinaro no one should try to replace Tony Marinaro. Like you said, you learned from Ted Teven, yeah. but you didn't want to be Ted Teven. No. You wanted to be yourself, but it took you a while to yeah. realize that, to figure yeah. that out. Yeah. So you're there. I would imagine the first so many years, happy times, everything is great. When did it hit you? You know, how long were you there when it hit you and you realized you might not be getting the accolades you thought you deserved? you might not have been given the respect that you deserve. And when did you feel things were not necessarily changing, but yeah. you felt like, cause we had many
1: conversations. Yeah. Look, the one thing I can tell you is that, um, we used to be once again on green Avenue corner of the Maze It was very small operation, very family like, and I loved it there.
0: And by the way, I worked in that building 1310. I was there yeah. too with 990. 990- yeah. Hits when yeah. I first started my career, so yeah. I know exactly the
1: family feeling that it had. Yeah, thirteen ten Green Avenue, and right. at one point there was there was a merger, there was a buyout, and so we had to move into um, the other building or another building, which was Up on René Leveque corner yeah. of uh, Papino.
0: Yeah, ironically. Yeah, right here we're at Rennie Leveque. Yes. And Fort, yeah, where my old radio station was, and the new one, and yes. then you're up the street from your other radio yeah. station plus the
1: new one. And let, let's just say that when we got to that building, it was no longer as tight knit, no longer as family atmosphere. It felt a lot more corporate, so it was different. There was an adjustment there, you know. But you know, whether I was respected as much as I should have been, for me bumping into people on the street. Still today, I left my position May 27, 2022. So we just passed that one year anniversary. I think we're on what, uh, give or take, pretty soon it's gonna be 14 months. Mm-hmm. Still today, I get stopped people on the street. I loved your show, I loved your show. That's that's everything for me. That's the gratification that I, uh, that I need. Very, very rewarding. And um, you know, the, um, the one regret, and there's, there's a regret is that I knew that morning and the decision was made, believe me when I tell you this, the decision was made that morning at 7.30 in the morning. Like when I told my wife I was quitting my job that day, she was sleeping I was driving my youngest to school and I woke up and I didn't feel good. Because when I'm going through things in life, my body doesn't react well and I felt ill. I didn't feel good at all. And uh, I knew then and there, I gotta start something new. And um, so I got up and I said to my wife, I said, uh, I'm quitting my job today. She said, what, what do you mean? (laughs) And um, <laughs> kind of like your mom did. <laughs> and I said, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, no. time to, it's time to do something else and it's time to go full time with the podcast. And she was pretty nervous about the move. She's a very conservative type. I'm more of a risk taker. Um, there was a lot of security there. I was, once again, I was there for almost 20 years. And I was in talks with other outlets, with another radio station, with another TV station. Because, um, I saw the way things were developing. And so I thought, you know what? I think maybe it's, um, instead of staying here, I think maybe it's time that I move on.
0: One of the things I remember, not only as a former colleague of yours, but as, as your friend, Yeah, we had many conversations and I think you remember the one, when I told you, Tony, if I'm running this ship, yeah and you tell me you're leaving, Yeah, I don't let you walk out that door.
1: Yeah. Because uh, you didn't... No, look, no, y- yes and no, and I'm gonna tell you why. So, um, I wouldn't have let Tony Marinaro walk out that door. There you go. In all humility. Well, exactly. I wouldn't have, all right? Um, and they tried. Like when I said, I'm handing in my resignation, Uh, They came back and they said, well, what if we do this? And what if we do that? And what if we do this? And I said, it's too late. I'm leaving. Um, Would I have tried harder? Yes. But in the end, Frank, it's okay. And I'm going to tell you why. Because it turned out to be the best move of my life. It really did. Do I love radio? Yes. Do I miss radio? Yes. Do sometimes I wake up in the morning the day after the draft and feel like going on or the day after a trade and feel like going on and, you know, <ietnamata> Oh man. da da rouge So do I get that itch? Yes but First of all, my personal life is amazing now. instead of doing a three hour radio show and I gotta be there like two hours before and I gotta prep like two or three hours before, the night before and stuff like that, I'm working radio right now as a collaborator on BPM Sports. I do a 17, 18 minute radio hit in the morning with John shall I do it from my house Mm -hmm. from my podcast studio which I have in my home I do a 15 minute television hit on TVS sports at 530 at night Monday to Thursday I go into studio do it come home and I host my podcast Monday to Thursday at 10 p.m. live on all social media channels YouTube Facebook live uh, Twitter and all that stuff So I have a lot more free time, and think about this. If I was still doing English radio, as much as I love it, and by the way, I got other offers to do English radio, Mm -hmm. and I got offers to do French radio, and I've turned them down, as a matter of fact, I got an offer to do English radio two weeks ago, which I turned down. If I was still working there, and I was on three hours a day, my podcast wouldn't have the same success. Because people already heard me three hours a day and they're probably like, yeah, you know what? Uh you know, I've already heard him for three hours today and stuff like that. Now, if you want to hear Tony Marinero in English, the only place you can hear him is the Sick Podcast. It's the only place. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, as much as I, I, I miss it, because my first love was radio. I always loved radio. And uh it's a prestigious position. It's nice. But it was time that, you know, I I I had to make the best move for me. This is the best move for me. I have more time for myself. I have more time for my family. I do the show from my podcast studio in my home. I don't have to drive. I don't have to be in traffic. I don't have to risk an accident. I don't have to pay gas, uh, for, pay for gas. And what a I don't, sweet deal. I don't, I don't lose <laughs> any time. I do it at 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. I don't have to do three hours of radio. I do one hour of podcasting. There's no limit. If I want to go an hour 20, I go an hour 20. I usually like to give or guarantee an hour, but sometimes I don't. Sometimes I give 45 minutes. There's no rules, basically. Um, the people that I do it for, Yellow, Sammy, the Cavallaro, Sick Media, they've given me carte blanche. They leave all that stuff up to me. They do all the, the video, the editing, the social media, everything, all the, the work um, that there is behind the scenes, mm-hmm. which you know is very exhausting and, and, and very time consuming. They do it all for me. So I'm blessed. All I got to do is talk about the Montreal Canadiens when I go on. I started one about CF Montreal probably about four or five months ago, which I record twice a week, trying to get that one off the ground. But it's, you know, it's worked out to be the best move of my life
0: so based on what you just said all your english fans if they haven't heard it before now have the explanation as to why you ended up leaving where you went
1: why you went there i've never seen you this happy yeah okay well i i but- ended up leaving because <laughs> <laughs> because uh, in in some people's eyes my podcast became a challenge I didn't know what the challenge was. I mean, I was working hard at my podcast. I was working very hard at my radio show. I was delivering awesome ratings in what was the most difficult slot. uh, And I thought I was doing a really, really good job of juggling both and doing both. Um, But, you know, let me just say this, and you'll understand everything. In no way, shape, or form was I going to stop doing my podcast where I had to go back to Sammy Cavallaro Who once again was diagnosed with spinal muscular atrophy at nine months old. His parents were told he was gonna, he wasn't gonna make it to the age of two. He's been in a wheelchair his entire life. He's gone through operations. He's gone through I don't know how many procedures. Uh, His quality of life is very very difficult. This podcast is the biggest joy in his life right now. It's his baby. In no way, shape, or form was I going to go back to Sammy and say, Sammy, I can't do the podcast anymore. It's not going to happen. So it made my decision much easier.
0: And the podcast was, I was going to go somewhere else with what I was mentioning, but I'll go back. And in the end. To that in a second. And in the end.
1: Yeah. I could have still worked there and done my podcast. Well, yeah, exactly. But I had decided that I was moving on. And once again, uh, I miss it. I loved my job, but it turned out to be an amazing move.
0: Absolutely. But if I may, <laughs> because I like to be truthful and be honest and say, say the truth. You could have done the podcast, no doubt, and still been working there. The reason we know the truth is the podcast became, was starting to get momentum and become popular and a medium such as radio looked at it more as competing against right when in fact they should have embraced your podcast
1: i never viewed it as competition as a matter of fact from day one i asked them hey you know what if you want to work together and i could take some clips from the radio station you're gonna be put them on the podcast yeah, and take some clips from the podcast yeah. put them on the radio you could even put your logo there stuff like that. like i didn't yeah. mind or whatever but uh but
0: that, that's the point the point is there were tons of people doing podcasts but there was only one person doing a podcast that seemed to be going somewhere and now looking back look at where it is it's, it's grown a lot your
1: podcast yeah. is something in the last year that i was working radio the podcast had reached 10 million homes. There you go. Radio doesn't reach 10 million homes. It's about in a year. As right. a matter of fact, it doesn't reach 1 million homes in a year. Um, probably. And um, so, you know, it was doing really well. And now that it would, I've decided to go full-time and uh, started going full-time probably pretty much in when the hockey season started this year, which was the month of September, like last month alone, we reached three million homes with the podcast. Wild, which is, you know, it's it's huge numbers. Absolutely, and so, like I'm I'm yeah. really really happy. So your numbers you're, are
0: huge. You're uh, gathering from everything: YouTube, uh, Facebook, Spotify, Facebook, Twitter, everything, everything that you do, everywhere that you're on, Instagram, Apple, whatever, TikTok, Apple, everything put together. Google, that's social numbers,
1: huge numbers, everything, yeah,
0: huge numbers, yeah. But I believe. As I said, and I'm going to go back to it again, that not everybody is a Wayne Buse. Not everybody has ears, right? Not everybody can spot talent, see talent. Some people might spot it a little, but then say, no, nah, nah. it's all or nothing. You're either with our station or you yeah. do your own thing. Not everybody's as accommodating. But the French side, which this is what drives me crazy. So if you're not, if you're listening to this podcast or watching this podcast and you're not from Quebec, there truly is a different way of doing things in the media here in Quebec. There's the French side. There's the English side. That's what we learned when we were pretty much starting in this business, right? Yeah. So the French side embraces you. The French side puts you on their French TV show. You would think they would put a good she knew, and you're technically a good she knew, somebody who's from Quebec, but you're not a French-speaking Quebecer. Yeah. But you speak French. Tony, your French is incredible. Puppy at puppy, puppy. Oh, no, it's, it's really good. And, and you don't, you, like, like, my French is okay. Yeah. Your French is incredible because I have to still think of the words. Yeah. Yours roll off. No, your it's, it's, like not it's not no, incredible. It's not incredible. But, no, no, but, but look, like, you know,
1: I picked up French actually watching the Canadians. Right. On television. Exactly. Reading the Journal de Montréal the day after a game. That's how I picked up watching shows on French television, talking about the Montreal Canadiens and talking about sports. So once again, look, my French isn't perfect. Masculine, feminine. I get a few things wrong every now and then. I am looking for my words every now and then. But it's okay because the Francophones, uh, when I made the move, And when I say I made the move, I decided to go full-time on the podcast. So what happened was, so while all this is going on, okay, I get a message from the all-sports radio station in French back in the day, which was 91.9, which is still 91.9 FM in Montreal, but now uh, BPM Spa. So I got a message from them and they call me and I had met with them already five years before that. They wanted to bring me on board and I wasn't ready to leave TSN to go work there and so while all this is going on they get a hold of me and when they got a hold of me for me it was like it was like this is like a sign of from God or whatever like God is telling me that you know what my podcast and it's going in a certain direction and maybe if I do French radio instead then it'll it'll be better and all that so you know, And the call went something like, is there a chance between us and Tony Maranero? And I said, here's the deal. I'm trying to grow my podcast. And if I'm allowed to do so, there's a chance. And if I'm not allowed to do so, then there's no chance. And they got back and they said, hey, you know, we just want you to work for us. And uh, you know, we have no problem with the podcast whatsoever. And if anything, as a matter of fact, if we can help you promote it, we'll even help you promote it. And so that's how the discussion started. Now, having said that, look, to be fair, it's easier for a French sports radio station um, to under, you know to be okay with an English podcast than an English sports radio station to be okay with an English podcast, right? Like, to be fair, it is easier. But um, they were very accommodating. And then French TV got involved, and they came after me. And, you know, just to give you an idea, The company I used to work for, which I worked for for almost 20 years, like in that last year on television, I worked less than 20 episodes, less than 20. I don't know how many, but it was less than 20. The television station that I went to work for now, they gave me 140 episodes this past year. I couldn't say no. Wild. I couldn't say no. You know, I couldn't say no. I got a, I got a, I got a call from, um, I got a call offering me a spot on English radio a couple of weeks ago, and uh, this radio station wanted to bring back the Montreal Forum in a shortened form, one hour, do it from home, and um, and I refused. I refuse because I'm not going backwards. I'm not looking back. I'm, I'm moving forward. I, I made Sammy a promise with this podcast.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, he has certain objectives that he wants to realize. By the way, he's got 12 podcasts now in North America. I host two of them out of Montreal. The rest are in Toronto. They're in Detroit. They're in Arizona. They're in New York. They're in Los Angeles. They're in, uh, they're in uh, t- 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 Tennessee. They're in... Uh, they're in Pittsburgh. They're in Chicago, and I'm probably missing one or two. Uh, but uh, he's got twelve of them, mm-hmm. and uh, I made him a promise. He's got certain goals and objectives. So do I. We haven't hit them yet. So we're, you know, it's going to be a fun ride. His story is an incredible one, and the it's fact an that it's expanding
0: story. all across North America, and that you were part of the first, first yeah. sick podcast from the start, and how it all c- comes together. I know. I remember going to have your your father, your priest say a prayer for yeah. for the Montreal Canadians yeah. in your neighborhood in LaSalle. Yeah. So I know you're a religious guy. Yeah. When when you look at this, yeah. how every it just seems like I don't want to be I know it breaks my mom's heart every time I say this. I'm not that religious. But I respect where I come from, the traditions and I follow everything. I hope there is, right? Yeah. But I'm not sure. Yeah. As somebody who is religious because I know you are, do you see this as all these pieces coming together because if it wasn't part of a bigger plan, yeah, I'm sure you'd be like, "It just this doesn't make sense." It's just like I get off the uh, the phone, I lose my job. There's another job. There's another <laughs> offer. I come here. Everything yeah. seems to fall into place for you, but it didn't right off the top. No, but it once didn't. it once it gained momentum in your career, everything seems to have led you where you are today, being this
1: successful broadcaster. Frank, I really believe good things happen to good people, and I'm not perfect, and I have my faults. Oh, we matter, all do as a matter of fact, my wife says I have anger management, and then maybe <laughs> I, I should see somebody <laughs> Wait wait but you have anger
0: management issues yeah, i've never seen it i've yeah. seen many colors of Tony Marinaro. Yeah. maybe I never made you mad i don't know but
1: i um <laughs> you know like I know i'm a good person um, and uh I know i 'll do anything for anybody. I try and make people happy. Uh, I know where I came from uh I know I work hard uh I work very, very hard and um Once again, it's just it's I have been lucky too. Like I've I've been lucky too, but once again someone up there is is watching over me and uh and and guiding me every step of the way. It's 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 good. It's good. Look you you said before, like you know, you're a guy who has scoops. That's it's not like I don't have to go digging for scoops i don't have to people come to you right no but at the end of the day i'm you know I, I i collaborate on radio i collaborate on television i do my podcast am i known as an insider i'm not known as an insider those who are known as insiders they got to work on scoops all the time but you know i work hard for a couple of those scoops like you know like i work hard for them and uh, for me it's it's, 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 it feels good. It's rewarding because you know, when you, when you have your own independ- when you have your own podcast and you're not working for one of the giants, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty cool that you have scoops. It says something. It's pretty cool that yeah. you have scoops. Yeah. It would be nice if those giants would give you credit <laughs> when you have the scoops. But for some, it's just, it's not easy to give credit.
0: Back to episode 125 of the Drive-By Podcast in just a sec. This episode is brought to you by Playground. Open 24-7. Drinks are always free while you play with over 600 machines, daily promotions, including Christmas in July with $75,000 in cash and free play prizes every single week, and a $5,000 weekly grand prize every Sunday where I'll be your host. Located just over the Mercier Bridge, it's only minutes from downtown Montreal. Join us at Playground. There's a lot of people you get stopped on the street, love Tony Marinero, and then, like any personality, especially a larger-than-life personality. Let's be honest here. You use that line a lot. Let's be honest here, and so do I. Let's All put right, the cards are, on are, the table. Let's put the cards on the table. We're Italian. We were brought up a certain way. I'll say it. We're colorful people. I have my personality. You have your personality. Yeah. I take a stand. God knows I take a stand, and you take a stand. no, oh, no. And you, you think <laughs> and you. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about covid frank <laughs> now nah, see now the algorithms are gonna go crazy because you said the word but you know so we, what do you think of the vaccine we, we <laughs> <laughs> pass the water it. it's time for some water pass me we can what? do this
1: see we can do this what yeah. do you think frank yeah, no <laughs> i had three shots in eight months what do you think you had three
0: yeah. yeah. In eight months? Yeah. I thought it was two, but okay. I had three, yeah. I had three. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Tony. <laughs> you went there. It took okay. an hour to yeah. the podcast wow, for us man. to start talking. How long have we been like wow, that? That's amazing. Um, we're not afraid to to take a stand, to have an opinion. That's what makes us who we are. That gets us into trouble sometimes. <laughs> and And, you know, Okay, for me, it was going that route, yeah, and on my podcast and on my instagrams, my Instagram lives, which you used to watch, it was a it was a weird time, okay, and uh, I had to be true to myself. Yeah. Listening to you speak on this podcast only reconfirmed in my mind that yeah. everything that I did was the right thing to do. Yeah. I have no regrets as well, because you have to be true to yourself. So you're very much the same way as a sports broadcaster in Montreal. Yes. And the uh, one that everybody knows in hockey, pretty much if you're a hockey fan, you should know who Tony Marinaro is. You're one of the best when it comes to hockey and sports broadcasting. And I'm not just saying that, I don't have to blow smoke. Thank you. You're special. And I, and I and I've said this to many people. Not everybody's special. They're good, there's good talent, there's Mediocre talent, but you're special talent, you have ability to do things and conduct yourself as a broadcaster, which you learned. I consider you a broadcaster. It yeah. doesn't matter what school, where you went, what city you, you, you worked in it doesn't matter. You are a true broadcaster. But that comes with critics. Critics could be also disguised as colleagues, you know it's people who listen to you. Not everybody likes Tony Marinaro. No. Nope. That's a fact. How do you deal with that? And I want to know, yeah. what hurts you the most? Because you try, you know, we say we're all tough. We have yeah. this bravado. Oh, yeah, you know what? I don't let it affect me. But we've had these conversations.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Listen, for sure it affects me. It hurts. Me. Nobody likes people not liking them. Like, you, you cannot like that. Never. Like, it's, it's, it, it hurts, right? In an ideal world, i love for everyone to love Tony Maranero. It's just Tony Marinaro is so opinionated. He'll give an opinion on everything. That's the kind of radio, that's the kind of television, and that's the kind of podcasting I believe in. If you want me to say, yeah, well, I think this, but on the other hand, I actually see the other side and I think that, that's not me. There's no other side here. I'll tell you what I think, how I think, how I see it, when I see it, all that stuff. That's it. When you're that opinionated, and you know what, you 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 feel strongly about your convictions, you're going to turn off some people. Some people are going to say this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. This guy's out to lunch. This guy's an idiot. All that stuff, right? But once again, that's the radio. That's the television. That's the podcasting that I believe in. Um, it's not easy. I mean, I get hate messages all the time. I get them in my Facebook Messenger. I get them in my Instagram messenger. I get them by email. I get them on Twitter. I get them on Facebook. Sometimes it's people with their real name. And sometimes it's somebody that's going as anonymous. And those are really hard to take because, you know, could you imagine setting up an anonymous account?
0: How low do you have to be
1: as Like a how yeah. low do you have to go and how low do you have to be? Like really, like it takes a really bad person to set up a fake account and to message someone telling them they suck. Now look, I'm not the best broadcaster ever. I'm not the worst broadcaster ever, but I know I'm good. And you know what? Maybe I don't, you know, Maybe it sounds arrogant to some. I'm not, I'm not an arrogant guy. Confident in my ability? Mm-hmm. Very much. Very much. I'll go toe-to-toe. I'll go live and host a podcast talking about the Montreal Canadiens or CF Montreal or doing a sports podcast with anybody in the city, with anybody in the province, with anybody in the country, head-to-head, same time, let's go. May the best person win. I have no problem. I'm, I'm very confident in my ability because I think it all comes with preparation. I know I work hard, so, but, you know, it's never easy when you get those hate messages. Some of them you realize it's just envy, you know, you understand that. Others, what's funny, though, is, too, is that I get stopped a lot and people say, you know what, uh, half the time I don't agree with what you say. So I, I joke back and I say, well, then half the time you're not right. What do you want to do, right? But, <laughs> but so I'm going to tell you something. And I was doing this a lot more when I was doing sports radio. When I was doing sports radio, there's times where I didn't always agree with what I said to him. When I was working for Wayne Buse, I would check in with him every morning before going on air. And he would say, what's the big topic today? And I would tell him. And sometimes he would say, what's your opinion on it? And I would tell him. And then sometimes he would say, you realize that everyone has that opinion. eh? And for the good <laughs> of the show, 20 minutes before I would go on air, I would actually change my mind and go with a completely different opinion of the opinion that I actually believed in because I thought it would be better for the show. Now, don't get me wrong. If, if I had zero belief in something, I would never change my mind right before a show. Right. But if it was kind of like 60%, I felt one way and that's where everyone was leaning. But 40%, I went, I I leaned the other way. I would, I would change, you know, I would change my opinion. I would try and do what was best for the show. Once again, in an ideal world, I wish everyone loved me. Unfortunately, it's not the case, but I do know this. I know people listen and I know people watch. And once again, I wasn't the best ever and I'm not the worst ever. But I know that when I was on at 10 a.m., I know there was people that made it an appointment. That at 10 a.m., I have to listen to what is gonna say because he's gonna go on a rant, he's gonna do this, he's gonna do that. And I'm very, very proud of that. Very proud of that.
0: I miss that. I miss listening to yeah. you at that time slot. Not to say, not or take away other people trying to do their best. There's a lot of your former colleagues whom i do respect and you know they they have their own personalities they do their their own thing and that's cool everybody needs to be different
1: i'm happy they got an opportunity by the way because absolutely Lord knows they put in the time and they put in the work uh, they're hard working there's a yeah. lot of
0: people in that building that really work super hard and they understand they understand where they are they understand the building they're in they understand the budgets they get that if this were 20 years ago in the business, 30 years in the business, it'd be completely different. Yeah. And there'd be a lot more people vying for the same type of positions. It was just a different world, right? So, we're, so to still be given an opportunity to do something you love and host a sports radio show, you know, I, I wish those people the best. But for me, it wasn't, You know, as I said, we, we became friends after the fact. I just always really liked listening to you because you, you said it, it was an event. You know, it yeah. wasn't, it was a show. Yeah. So when Tony Marinaro came on and he played Felicita or some Italian song.
1: Senti nell'aria c'è già. Big mistake. La nostra canzone <laughs> d'amore che va. You're pretty good though. Come un pensiero che sa di felicita. That's something that bothers me, by the way that when you're going live on YouTube, you can't play music because music was a big part of my show. I'd love to play the songs. You know, when, when the Canadians' power play was the worst in the league... And they weren't putting the best players out or they were just, they kept on doing the same thing over and over and over, and it didn't work. Well, uh, you know, we'd play twisted sister. We're not going to take it. And I'd go on my rant that we're not going to take it. I can't play that music now on YouTube because of course, no, nope. because of copyright laws yep. and stuff like that. And or
0: Spotify or Apple or no, it, it is that that makes your, that hurts. Yeah, it does because that's something that accompanied your show. Yeah. And I'd look forward to that. Then at some point, Then we didn't hear it anymore (laughs) because, well, maybe Tony was being too Italian. God forbid you be yourself. But that's something that I felt. Look, I'm going to say it. I felt early on in my career, as we're talking about your career, so many similarities. When I started in the business, I started in the same building as Tony at 1310.
1: I wish our salary would have been a similarity. (laughs) Well, no.
0: When I started, my salary was horrible and it didn't mean anything. Right. To me, had I not made any money working in radio for so many years, it's what I wanted to do. Honestly, it's really what I wanted to do. Then things got better, obviously, over time. I remember starting on the air. Okay, just to tell, and I have to mention this because it irks me. And I'm convinced, and some people may think, oh, there he goes, Mr. Conspiracy Theory again. There's always a conspiracy theory with Frank. But no, I'm, I'm convinced about this. And you don't have to agree with me. You could disagree. But I remember the day I got my first name tag at the 990 frequency. It was 990 hits, then it became oldies, then it became the team 990 where you started. And my real name was on the name tag because we were doing events. We were everywhere, meeting the public. And then all of a sudden, my program director calls me in, and he was a great guy. He's the first guy that ever put me on the air. He was from Toronto. And he said, Frank, from now on, we're dropping your last name, (laughs) your Italian last name, And you're going to be known as, and he takes out the name. They already made the name tag. From now on, you're Frank Kelly. And I was like, and I still have that name tag, Tony, because. Wow. I still have it in a box. Frank Kelly? Frank Kelly was my radio name when I first
1: started. I didn't know that.
0: And think about this for a second. I asked him why. And today in this world, 2023, they could never give this answer. And he said, it's too Italian. I said, but my name is, that's my name, yeah. Frank DePaul. That's my name. He goes, yeah, but he goes, they're, they're just there's no Italians on the air, right? I go, but, but I'm on the air, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So when I heard you, Tony Marinero, I was like, well, things are getting better here, right? But as things were changing and HR depart, departments were growing and all that. There's certain things they couldn't go, you know, but this is what I was faced with when I first started on the air. Mm-hmm. And then it was, you know, people are like, Frank, you like even Tony, we haven't lost the accent. When we talk with our friends, yeah. we go back to the Italian yeah. accent from Salle, Montreal, yeah, North, yeah. whatever. It took me moving to Vancouver across the country to work on my English so I could speak properly. And by that, I, I'm not insulting. I mean words like tri and tink and, and that some people still use, which to me are unprofessional. And when you're working on the air, if you sound like that, you're not going to cut it, right? So I went to, to Vancouver. I worked on my craft. But always remembering. And by the way, when you go to Vancouver, when you go to Calgary, when you go to Toronto, you could be as Italian as you want. They think it's cool, right? It's like, whoa, this is amazing. But in Quebec, what happens in the province of Quebec? You're labeled. L'Italien right, le grec, of l'anglais. It was mon zid italien for many years, my dad always used to say when we first started. But that's not to attack any, anyone personally. But my point is, I always felt because I was Italian, mm-hmm. they treated me differently. I always felt this over the years. And then when other Italians started to work in our business, secretly they would tell me the same thing. I always felt they treated people that were more English, in other words, grew up in Anglo communities. (laughs) Hey, you brought up the V word and the C word. I'm, I'm going down with this. I've always felt they treated us differently. Therefore, I used to see how they would treat other people that were fellow broadcasters who were English. And then to see the way they would treat me, and it's 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 i always felt like they spoke to me differently because it's like almost they thought like i didn't understand something so it's like well, let, let me let me dumb it down for you frank i always felt treated differently because i was italian because here in quebec that's what they do they label you you're tony from lasalle you're frank from montreal north and then if they are an english manager or something they might even accompany that with you know, they might do something. Hey, you, you're Italian. you tell, know, I don't know if they're insecure, who's insecure. I'm not insecure, but they made me feel inadequate many times. Have you ever felt that any of what I just said where you were treated yeah. differently because you were an immigrant son and you weren't looked upon the same way as other people? And
1: what I'll tell you is,
0: I know what I said is pretty heavy, but yeah, yeah. this is how I feel. What I honestly what, feel this what way. What I'll
1: tell you is, uh, the collaborations that I do right now for BPM Sports and for TVS Sports, uh, whether it's, you know, um, people at the workplace, employers, superiors, bosses, colleagues, viewers, listeners, everyone has absolutely embraced me for who I am, uh, for, you know, uh, the language I speak, my culture, Uh, I feel very very loved I feel very welcomed and I feel like I am one of them and they feel like they are you know like uh, uh, right now I I could tell you that it's it's great you know in the the past I mean I don't I don't you'd have to ask them I just uh, did
0: you ever feel like did you ever feel okay like for me it started with the name tag so it's hard To forget something I felt
1: like I wasn't the favorite at the radio station. I didn't know why that was. That could just be personal taste, but that's, you know, I don't know why I wasn't. And maybe I was, and I had the wrong feeling, but I just didn't think I was, I just didn't think I was, you know, one of the favorites. But that's okay. I mean, things happen, and today I am where I am, and I'm not looking back. I'm moving forward. Okay, so I look back a little. And look, no, it's... it's You know what, Tony? It's look, something I look, that, I, that... Frank, I look back to every now and then, okay? And I'm going to tell you this. There's one thing, and I've told you a couple of times, yep. that I've made the greatest move I could have ever made, okay? just I'm going to give you an example, and, and it's it really it's not to brag, okay? But believe me when I tell you that a collaboration of fifteen to twenty minutes in French is a lot more rewarding than a full time gig on the English side. Of course I believe it. Okay? Yep. So you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Right. That's number one. The one thing though, when you say look back, I just look back on one thing because you, you can't you can't you you know you can't change the past. No. Nope. Right? So the one thing that I always look back on, which has stayed with me, is that my listeners, I had a special following, and still do today. Uh, Some almost call it kind of like a cult following type of thing, but the most, in my opinion, like the most loyal listeners, they were amazing, amazing. They were like family to me. Right, And I got to know a lot of them. A lot of them became friends. I went to some of their w- family's weddings. I went to their birthday parties. I went when there were funerals in their family. I went to outings. I went to restaurants. You know, uh, went to watch games, went to watch events with listeners, right? They were like family. A lot of them, like for me, My listeners were family. When I woke up on May 27th and I told you I made the decision to move on and go forward with my podcast. And by the way, I had nothing signed with radio or TV. They had contacted me. We had some talks. They were positive. I felt good about it, but I had nothing signed. And um, it's funny because I told you, I, I told my wife that day, I said, I'm, 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 I'm quitting the radio station today. And she said, what are are, are you nuts? What are you doing? You've been there for 20 years. And I said to her, I said, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm moving forward with my podcast. And then this is the way I want to do it. And uh, she said, well, you know, you have, you know, you, you talk to the radio station, you talk to the TV station, they haven't hired you yet. And I said, I'm very confident that they will hire me. And even if they don't hire me, I'll make it with my podcast. You'll see, just trust me. And, you know, luckily My wife, as conservative as she is, she said, do what makes you happy. But my biggest regret was that day, I tried to conduct myself at my most professional. With all the emotions inside of me, I hosted the show from 10 to noon. At noon, I got off the air, I went into my boss's office, I said, no easy way to say this, I'm handing in my resignation. And believe me, I was very emotional. And he said, um, he was kind of shocked and, uh, and then I you know, kind of told him why. And then he said, is there any chance you can go back on air for another hour and come back and see me in an hour? And because there was another show that was on between noon and one with two other co-hosts. So I went on, I would imagine he probably had to talk to somebody during that hour. And then I went back, but when I say, you know what, I don't look back, but the one thing is that I never had a chance to tell the listeners on my radio show, because it was mine, how I felt, how much I appreciated them, how much I loved them, how much I could thank them for their support. Like I wish my last show would have been a show where I would have been able to play the best of Tony Marinaro. Get all the collaborators that I've had on over the years. Get them on the air. Thank them for everything they did for me. Right? I wish I could have had that. And I believe I deserved it. I never had that. Some others did. I didn't. That's how I wanted my last show to be. Thank the collaborators. Thank the people listening. Tell them how much they meant to me. Tell them how much I love them. One final celebration. Felicità off the top of my lungs. (laughs) Peter from Coach St. Luke next to me. Double shift your best players. Right? And playing my best of, because I had so many things recorded, my best of, my best of. That's the way I wanted my final show to be. But once I went in and I handed in my resignation, that was it. I wasn't able to uh, go back on air and, have one more show.
0: I love your attitude. I love the fact that looking forward is is everything. Yeah. That's what we should all be doing. You know, I've spoken to many people, successful people, entrepreneurs and all that. say, Frank, you, you have to look forward. And I have for the most part. It's tough, though, when you encounter trauma, right? Because people hit different levels of trauma and sadness and something that means so much to you like saying something like saying goodbye to all your listeners, right? Having not been given the chance to do that as well, it is hurtful. And that stays with you because everyone I know who's gone through it, it stays with you. And it's not because you're living in the past, you're obsessed with things and, but the industry is an industry that, you know, I love radio. I very much dislike the industry the radio industry. I don't like what it's become. I never liked what it was about when I was in it and the things that I encountered. And so radio is such a beautiful thing. That's what I tell people. I don't know against radio. I have something against the industry and how they treat people and what they've done to people and how they've trained so many managers to mistreat people because I've run into too many managers that are otherwise good people who didn't for whatever reason, because they were given the, you know, the corporate wand, changed. And, 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 and so that to me is, and you know, when you said it, I joked about it. It's like, Oh yeah. I look, I try, I'm, I'm 2023 today. This is where I am. But then I start having a conversation with you. And we have so much in common. It's hard not to go back and say, I hear you, Frank, look, I
1: I know you love radio. Frank, I love radio so much. I think of radio. all. I love radio so much. When I, like I said, when I would wake up in the morning and I'd make my way to the radio, like I would whistle, yep. like I'm going to talk sports, like, and, and you know what, I'm going to get paid for this. It's pretty cool. I mean, I do it at cafes over, uh, over an espresso, like uh, all the time. <laughs> it's the same thing. You're always my on, uh, on air. And, um, you know, I, I can't stress how much I loved doing what I did on the radio. It was a dream come true. And yes, there's days where I, uh, you know what, uh, I would, I would love to be able to go on for 5 or 10 or 15 minutes or whatever, do my rant, you know, never say never. You never, like, I really doubt it. I've, I've refused several radio jobs in the last 14 months, uh, several that paid very, very well because I want to give most of what I have to this podcast. I, I feel very indebted to BPM Sports Radio, and to, Nani, uh, and to uh, TVS Sport Television uh, for the opportunity they've given me. I'm gonna give them, I give them everything I have. I give them my best every time I go on with my collaborations. If I can help them more than I'm helping them, I, I, I'd, I'd, I'd love to help them. But I just I can't do anything that's very time-consuming. Like I cannot be on for, or I don't want to be on for three or four hours a day Because if I'm on for three or four hours a day, it's going to take away some of that energy that I want to save for the podcast, right? But I I, I know exactly how you feel. I mean, uh, I loved loved having my own radio show. Like, I loved it. I never thought I was going to quit radio, Frank. Frank, I never thought I was going to quit radio, ever. Until, you know, I saw that the podcast um, posed certain challenges and was viewed a certain way and there's no way I was ever going to leave the podcast. I was never going to do that to Sammy. No way. I love that young man. Like he's like one of the biggest inspirations in my life, right? He's been dealt a really bad hand I never saw him complain once, and I spend a lot of time with him. He's changed my life, right? He's changed my life. Smartest person I ever met in my life. Two years ago, Yahoo Finance, top 15 entrepreneurs under the age of 20 in Canada, ranked number four in Canada. Very, very smart guy. If you need any stock tips, very smart, Frank.
0: I should be um,
1: very, very chatting
0: simple. with him when I run so, into him.
1: So, <laughs> um, you know, but once again, you know, at one point I told my wife, I'm moving forward with the podcast. And then on that day, on May 27, I woke up and I said, that's it, it's the last day. I would have loved for my last show to be a different one. I wanted to handle it as professionally as possible. I didn't want to make anyone know anything was going on. I just did a show like any other day, any other show. I got a chance to say goodbye to them on my podcast instead of saying goodbye to them on the radio. And it it must be
0: wild cuz I know whenever I have a you know a glimpse of growth and it, to me it's been like a nice steady growth you realize from month to month year to year okay this is going somewhere can't quit you got to keep doing it your your biggest listeners your biggest fans for lack of a better word they're there with you and then the show grows then you look at the charts which you know that, that comes from my radio background right and I was yeah. like, we don't have ratings in this right yeah. our only ratings are the charts and you see the sick podcast with tony marinero always up there you know it's one of the top hockey podcasts in canada that must just pump you guys up i know you're a trio yeah. with sammy Agnello and yellow yeah. and you you it's it's amazing. You're yesterday, up you're up there with like you know some of the biggest podcasts in North America. That's wild.
1: Yeah. Well, um so um in terms of the uh, the Canada rankings for sports shows in Canada. So we checked yesterday. We were third yesterday. Uh behind uh Spitting Chicklets and 32 Thoughts. So that's a pretty nice company. We're ahead of a lot of media giants, which is pretty cool. And, you know, we're doing this and yellow and Sammy out of their place on the West Island and me out of my basement in Villa yep. Sal and we're <laughs> plugging away. But you know what? We're very, very passionate about this. And that's the key. You know, a lot of people stop me on the street and they're like, Hey, what does it take to start a podcast? And what do you got to do? And what would it take to work at a radio station? What do you got to do? And how do you do this? And how do you do that? And, and I, be- you know what? I'm an open book. I tell everyone anything. Some of my friends are like. I can't believe you just gave away all your secrets. <laughs> and I look at them and I say, guys, I don't worry about it because in the end, the key to to it all, like the, the 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 caramel secret, it's the passion. And I can I can tell you know Mike Smith on the street everything there is about starting a Habs podcast. But if Mike Smith doesn't have the passion that I have, it's not going to work out. No. Two. And if he does, well, then yeah. chapeau. Tip my
0: hat and good for you. Right. Two you know. words, I think, come to mind for me. Passion, 100%, and consistency. Yes. Anyone, if we could give advice to anybody even listening or watching this right now, People give up too soon, and that's why most podcasts—what is it, ninety-five percent—don't make it to episode two. It's some crazy stat like it's that. It's a crazy stat, and that's because people realize after recording one how much work it takes. Yeah, and then they're like, "Oh wait, I got to do this again, and uh, who am I going to get? And like, oh my, and very, I have my very job.
1: few podcasts are able to monetize eh? it. Right. Very few podcasts make money.
0: Correct, and yours is doing very well. And if I could learn anything from you know watching your podcast. And we've discussed this together. Yeah. I'm not, t- you know, even though I go down to one podcast a week, I currently do two a week during the summer. But I even said to you, y- you should keep doing it, Tony, because no one else is. Well, and that's a lot, right. A lot of people do, you know, and I'm not trying to criticize people, but it's just my thoughts. Yeah. We, we, we think out loud. A lot of people do seasons. A lot of people do, you know, whatever works for them. And to me, and then they take, you know, they disappear for two months, then they come back and they expect their audience to be there. Bad formula, in my opinion. You, you got to keep doing it. Look at the biggest podcasters in the world. Yes. And for me, it's Joe Rogan, or you pick a sports show. Yeah. You know, Spitting Chicklets, Tony Marinaro, 32 Joe Thoughts, great. Joe Rogan, any of these podcasts, they look at all the money they make yeah. and they're still doing it two, three, four times a week. Yeah. So you got to keep at it have you watched patrick Bed david he's amazing
1: he's amazing he's amazing i like him a lot
0: i've been like into uh pbd for the last yeah. uh, good month and a half i used to watch him off and on yeah. beforehand but i like the fact that okay so you do the sports i like the nut boys yeah <laughs> you watch them yes i've yeah. i watched a couple of episodes yeah, i like them you do sports yeah. you do hockey very well people say to me what's your niche and i say well look my friend does a, a sports podcast, but it's mostly hockey. Yeah, and I go, that's his his niche. My niche is just I want to sit down with people and have a conversation. Like, what are the chance you would never have a conversation like this anywhere else? No, because a they wouldn't give you the time, right? Somebody always
1: gonna she's gonna be jealous <laughs> when she watches this. She's gonna say every time I want to talk to you, you'd never have more than five minutes for me. You gave Frank <laughs> you two hours. You and Frank hours. talked about for you. You went on for two hours,
0: but. You know what I mean, though? Yeah. It's, it's no one, you know, I was having this conversation with somebody, a friend of mine, and he knows tons of comedians, and I go, you realize if comedians go on the, the radio, they're yeah. going on for two or three minutes. Yeah. Maybe five, and if the on-air personality has, like, been there for a long time, maybe 10. Yeah. You know, he could, or she can come on my podcast to talk for as long as they want and push whatever they want and i've get i get downloads tony gets downloads we get yeah we have followers yes it's growing yes it's it's not an enterprise like some of these radio uh companies are but it's it's as they're decreasing we're increasing and at some point all those people one day will be doing this or attempting yeah. to do this when that medium no longer exists. Now, I think in some form, radio will s- still always be there. I think we got a head start, eh? I think so. I yeah. think so. But it is a lot of work. Anyway, point. Let's close up by Kinda saying. I wish we
1: would have got into the game five minutes, five years earlier, though.
0: My mistake. Yes. There's no doubt, and, and it's meant a lot more work. Is not starting when the day after I lost my gig. Yes. Unfortunately, because of legal and the fact that what happened with my former co-host and I and the company, we weren't able to for 15 months. Then we know what happened. The The whole world went upside down, and then it delayed, delay, 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 and then I started it and came in with a bang, and then reality clicked in with a lot of opinions I was making, and lack of a better phrase, shit hit the fan. And then now, since, let's say, last summer to. I see the consistency. I look at the graph. I see the downloads and I go, okay, it was all worth it. But
1: yeah, looking back. You're so right about consistency though, because consistency, yes, in doing it once a week or twice a week or three times a week or four times a week. The sick podcast goes five times a week. Okay. But also consistency. And like you just said right now is considered the off season. I can take off if I wanted to. Yep. Right. I can. As a matter of fact, most people who work in sports, they take off the month of July or the month of August, especially if you're working uh, in the French sector. You have July and August off. Um, So, you know, can I take time off? Yes. Would I want to be in Europe right now and going, you know, here and there and everywhere? Yes. But we're trying to build something with the podcast. So even though it's, you know middle of july we're still talking montreal canadians there's still stuff to talk about and but it's consistency once again it's you know and the people who watch they made an appointment Mm -hmm. so now they want me to be there they expect me to be there and if i'm not going to be there i kind of feel like i'm 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 letting them down too right so yeah it's a sacrifice because yeah I, i wish i could take time off too but you know we decided to, we've decided to keep going throughout the summer. Maybe not every episode is going to be an hour. Some are going to be forty-five minutes. Some are going to be thirty minutes. But we're still going to bring it to you Monday to Friday.
0: And that's the key to the success so far of yeah. the Sick Podcast. There's no doubt in my mind. And some of them are not going to be live
1: because
0: you might have colla- to take some holidays. The collaborators <laughs> are not
1: there. Well, the collaborators, you know, they might not want to be doing a podcast at 10 o'clock at night because they're going to invite some friends over right? and they're going to have a barbecue and they're going to say, Tony, I I can't do it at 10 o'clock, but you know what? I can do it at five o'clock today. So we'll do it at five o'clock and we'll air it at 10. For the most part, we'd rather go live, but if we have to make an exception and pre-record it, because that's the only time the collaborator can do it.
0: We do it. Yeah. And see, the beauty of podcasting is most podcasts are not live. And so you could do them, edit them, even if you keep them in its true form and put them up, you know, upload them, whatever the case is, uh, you could do them anytime. What you do by doing it live, I mean, it's pretty amazing, Tony. I tune in some days and I'm on my television. And instead of watching some TV channel or Netflix, I go to your YouTube and You know, the other day, and it's the middle of summer, and I turned to Steph, like you turned to your wife, I'm like, there's 841 people watching. Now, some people don't grasp the concept of how huge that is. Sure, you'll get so many views after the fact, but that there's 841, when I tuned in just the other day, watching Tony live, they're not in their car driving over a bridge, correct? Yeah. They're not, I mean, yes, they could listen to it. The yeah. same way, this is on Spotify and Apple. But those 841 people are committed to watching you live on whatever device they're watching you on, where they're not doing anything else. And if they are, they're not. Dri- they're certainly not driving. That's got to say everything to an adverti- advertiser. It's the same yeah. thing when I was doing those lives during. You know, you remember yeah. those lives. And, and you know, 1,200 people, 1,100 people on a nightly basis, 800, 700. And I and I was telling Stefan, anyone who'd listen, I was like. That's an insane amount of people. Yeah. Now, people think millions, thousands, right? Yeah. But that's passive listening on the radio or TV. Of course, of course. This is, they're tuned in to you, and they're yeah. listening to everything you're saying.
1: So uh, over the past couple of weeks, there's been a couple of episodes where there were about 1,100 people that were watching live wow. on YouTube alone, all right? Then there's Facebook, and then there's Twitter, and then all of a sudden, you give or take, you're probably close to about 1,300 or 1,400 watching live. There's a community of people that are in the chat, they're chatting back and forth. As a matter of fact, we're planning some kind of networking event because everyone would like to put a face to a name because they've become friends basically on the internet, they chat back and forth. But you know, I've read several articles over the last couple of months, podcasts and in particular, uh, well, podcasts and there's a lot of sports podcasts too, included in that are basically valued, very, very much valued by advertisers nowadays, and so why? Because when you start doing a podcast and it's on YouTube and it's on Facebook and it's on Twitter, and you put all kinds of teaser, teasers out there and little stories, and you put them on Instagram and you put them on TikTok and all that stuff, right? For the most part, they don't go away. Okay, so on Instagram, it probably lasts 24 hours if you put it as a story but you can put it as a post and it's there forever. YouTube, it's there forever. Facebook, it's there forever. Twitter, it's there there forever. So if a company advertises on your podcast, they go into a library and their ad is always there. Like, uh, you know, the podcast that I'm gonna do tonight, some people are gonna watch it maybe next week, in two weeks, and that advertiser is still there. Always there. So it yep. carries a lot of value, and that's where a lot of companies are putting their money nowadays. Uh, you know, this is, this is not Publisac, where uh, you spend uh, 50, 60, 70, $80,000 a year, and four days later, it's in the recycle bin. This is not in the recycle this bin. Lives this, is, this lives forever. This lives forever. It's wild. And this is why that the future of podcasting is very, very bright. It really is, because, you know, a lot of businesses want in on it. They want in. So it's great. Tony, you're going away on vacation
0: in a couple of weeks. You're going to take some time off. What, like, uh, is, this,
1: is it over? At what, a- the, <laughs> uh, at what point are the dancing girls arrived? Remember the, uh, the Flintstones? Well, yeah, exactly. Na, 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 na. But uh, you remember the whole story, right? Of course story, I, remember. Right? I remember. I remember. Right? So all it, was, yeah. uh, it was Pebbles' birthday. Yeah. And the only caterer in town screwed up, and he sent the dancing girls. To the wrong address. To Pebbles' birthday. Right. And Bozo the Clown to the Water Buffalo Lodge. Yes. Remember? <laughs> And they came flying out of the cake. Fred got so upset because Wilma started screaming at him. He slammed the door. And then they came back. They broke the door down and they started dancing again. Da, 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 da. The Flintstones man was an epic cartoon. The Flintstones were the it, best.
0: Like and and only now do you get the you know the double entendre, all the Yeah, yeah, the yeah, little yeah, jokes yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, no, there's no. Uh, the we Flintstones have, were the best. We have no dancing girls in the drive by yet. There is no uh, goggles paisano. Oh, that was great. Remember that goggles was a good paisano. one. And yeah, uh, what was the uh, a judo? A judo? A a chop, 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 chop. That was yeah, pretty good. good. Madam
1: yes. Madam yes um yes there was there was uh, a big uh there was cigarette whatever there was uh there was a few of them there was a few of them so no stripper pole here no No no, dancing girls yeah even though
0: this um where this studio is my wife would never make me come back (laughs) (laughs) yeah it wouldn't be appropriate on many levels yeah you know we work with a lot of people and a lot of people who believe in us yeah so uh We've got to be good boys. I don't know what people think. We're Speaking
1: a- of which, yeah. I like the shirt, and Thank I know you. those are great people that believe in us. Playground. Great people over at Playground. Believe in you. Believe in me. Believe in your podcast. Believe in my podcast, and we're very appreciative.
0: Tony, don't forget to double shift your best players, like Tony's T-shirt says. And too. So that
1: was that was Peter and Coach Saint Luke. Eh? Yeah, yeah, that's so that said that yeah. the Canadians are playing the Leafs. I'll say this one very very quickly. Yeah. They're playing the Leafs two <laughs> years ago. No one in the city thinks they have a chance because Toronto's a powerhouse with their offense, right? So Peter from Coach Saint Luke calls in the day before <laughs> uh, game one, and he says, "I'll tell you what they got to do. They just got to double shift their best players." Yeah. And the Canadians go down three games to one, and in Peter calls back before game five and says, I told you they have to double shift their best players. And then game five, game six, game seven, the Canadians go to four D <laughs> and they're playing Weber, Petrie, Sherratt and Edmondson all the time. They come back. They win game five. Nick Suzuki scores in overtime in Toronto. Uh, they win game six. Yasperi Kakenyemi scores in overtime in Montreal. And then they go to Toronto game seven. They win by a score of three to one. And throughout the entire playoff run, I used to come in and I used to say, double shift your best players. <laughs> and we had Hence a shirt that shirt. was made. Tony, the
0: thing that's amazing, uh, just when I thought this podcast was ending, now I have other questions Sass. I have a ton of other questions. We could do this for 24 hours. The thing that's amazing about you is your recall, your memory. It, see how you just mentioned Cock and, y- and Yemi scored this goal and then uh, Weber was on and... Uh, you but, mentioned episodes of the Flintstones. You yeah. mentioned specific, but it, but you make it, me feel like I'm honestly. You make me feel like I'm um, like early Alzheimer's, like because yeah. I don't remember
1: any of that stuff. So so my wife says to me all the time, like you have a photogenic memory and stuff like that. But I re- I really believe it's it's when you're passionate about. No, something. it's true. It's true. When you love something, you're right. It just stays with it you. It stays with you. Like I, you know, like uh, you know, I. I think I can remember every single goal my kids have scored playing soccer in their lives and they started playing when they're four wow. because the yep. thing I love most in life, like my, a lot of people go, like, they, they play golf, that's their pastime. My favorite hobby is watching my kids play soccer, right? So I, like I, I, in my head, every single goal they've scored, and I mean, they've scored a lot of them, like I remember them all, all of them. And is it because I have a photogenic memory or because it's just I'm so passionate about it? Yeah. I love the Flintstones. I love Three's Company. You know, nowadays people think that Three's Company wasn't funny. When we were growing up, it was the funniest thing on Classic. television. It was amazing. Right. And was then amazing.
0: I broke my pencil. Remember, that? <laughs>
1: Mr. Furley. Yeah. 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 Mr. Furley, when they were playing the game of strip poker and he showed up with Lana and he right. showed up with his earbuffs <laughs> and his winter jacket and his scarf and everything. Oh jeez. Hey? Or when, uh, or when, uh, the gentleman used to buy, um, flowers at Janet's flower shop all the time. And then he left her in his will. Oh remember yeah, that? I remember that episode. So yeah. all the family's there. Yeah. And Janet is there in the front row accompanied by Jack. And then he left her a vase. Remember that? Yeah, you remember. See. The vase. When, when that you. She used to pour water in that vase every day for right. his flowers. Yes. And. That vase had his remains? Uh, no, no, it didn't have his remains, but he left her the vase okay. as part of the, uh, yeah. the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the will. Yeah. And because he was a millionaire, Jack was convinced that that vase had an incredible amount of value all oh, right 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 <laughs> but then somebody from the family told Janet that it wasn't worth anything right but Jack became all defensive and thought they wanted to take the vase away from Janet and Jack was convinced that the vase was from the Wan dynasty you don't remember that yes but that at one point when <laughs> Larry tried to get the vase back because they gave the vase to Mr. Furley once they found out it wasn't worth anything. Then it was worth something. They thought it was worth something because they thought it was from the One Dynasty. Dynasty yeah. So Larry went to Furley's house to try and get back the vase. You don't remember? And he started telling him that the vase didn't match with the colors of the wall and the painting and the this and the yeah. that. And, and then he was like, you're like going to have to vase. get rid of your frame. <laughs> and then you're going to have to repaint the new wall. And then <laughs> Furley took the vase and broke, broke it. it. Okay. And then they came back and they all started crying. And Jack took the popcorn and he flipped it and it went flying. And they tried to put back the pieces until they finally put the pieces back. And they realized it was, it's a one tie. Am I going to get to jump? No, it's a one tie. No, it's Taiwan, Jack yeah made in taiwan it was an imitation it wasn't worth it so i love the flintstones the tranquilizer on the boat yeah when jack Jack had to accompany janet right she wanted to make uh she wanted to make uh i forget his name right now so it's crazy all these episodes she wanted to make him jealous so she showed up with jack he thought jack was her date but in the end she said no jack's just my my roommate she thought he was with a date but that was his sister and they ended up getting married right what who what was his name the guy who married janet I don't remember his name. I remember what he looks like, but I don't remember his name. So I remember you see, Larry. I, I remember, don't. I don't retain everything. Yeah, I remember
0: Larry. Didn't Larry for one of his girlfriends sing "You Are So Beautiful"? There was Not one for episode his girlfriend. For who?
1: For a woman who was in love with Jack, but he wasn't attracted to her. But he didn't want to hurt her feelings, so he suggested that Jack serenade her. So Jack was there, moving his lips, but. Larry was actually was the in the say, background, okay, right?
0: So th- this is how... You thi- are so beautiful, oh, beautiful. Joe to me. Can't you, Can't you see? Me. But how wild is the fact that I re- I remember three seconds of it, okay? I yeah. remember him, and then you're like, no, no, it was Jack, actually. Remember he was in the yeah. back? Of That's wild. It takes... Tony, it's amazing. When they faked the
1: funeral because oh. the guy wanted to kill Jack? You remember that one? It the mobster wanted to kill him, and then the mosquito landed on his nose? I've watched every episode. Yeah, I yeah. even remember when they replaced... Suzanne
0: Summers. yes. With what was her name? Cindy. I can't remember. Yes. And everybody was
1: devastated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was the. I love the Flint. It's, I, it's I love. Wild. I love Three's Company. I love the Flintstones. Growing up, a little bit of Happy Days. Yeah. Love the fun, Yeah. Who didn't? Who didn't? I
0: love. I had fonzie's book when when henry winkler put out his book when they jumped the shark and then they
1: became the whole wow when he jumped the shark it was like oh uh, wild it's one of the greatest moments of my life like people, watching that yeah
0: people would never understand like you came home prime time eight yeah. o'clock yeah on abc monday huh? you know like yeah, and then and then he's jumping the great. shark i remember the slow-mo remember yeah
1: i yeah, yeah, gonna yeah. make it yeah
0: and then next episode yeah yeah wild we could do this all day tony you're going on vacation later on this summer your two sons are soccer players yeah you have a busy schedule you're yeah. you're you're living through them vicariously in a way because you always wanted to play soccer right
1: yes and I then yes. And now
0: your sons are can you give an update about so what they're doing
1: so my 20 year old was playing professionally in spain unfortunately for him he suffered a uh, pretty bad injury and um it's 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 pretty complex it's like uh, way above my uh, my uh, my level of expertise to try to explain to you what's wrong but Anyway, long story short, his hips shifted. He has a lot of back pain. He does everything with basically, um, put it this way, he's got one leg longer than the other, but he kicks with the other leg. So basically, long story short, I brought him to a bunch of specialists and they would probably have to reprogram his way of his stance, his way of running, his way of passing, his way of kicking. So he's back here uh, getting worked on by different specialists all the time, and we'll see what the future holds. I don't know which way it's gonna go, but I obviously wish him all the best. That's my 20-year-old, who's got a big passion for podcasting, by the way. Uh, Not necessarily in terms of doing them, but everything, he loves watching them, right? And he loves, like, all the behind-the-scenes work and just basically being a part of that. Mm-hmm. So he's got a big passion for that. Anyway, whatever he's passionate about, whether it's soccer or something else, you know, I wish him all the best and I'll support 100%. Uh, my 18-year-old is, uh, is in Portugal right now, and uh, he's, uh, he's on trial with a, uh, with a U19 first division team, and uh, I like his chances. Wild. Yeah, I like his chances, and that's uh, exciting, man. He was he was he's not a natural. He was cut from a lot of teams, and then during COVID, um, when it was easy to get complacent, he went completely the other way. Like I've never seen anybody work harder on their body, um, training with the ball, without the ball. On their game, he basically, he, he, he became a machine. And uh, last summer, he had a great summer. Uh, his team finished first in uh, in the Quebec League, U17. He was the leading goal scorer. They won the Quebec Cup playing one year up. He scored two goals in a 3 nothing game. Uh, they, um, they went 16 wins, one tie the entire season. They went to the Canadian Nationals in Vancouver. He was the leading goal scorer of the Canadian Nationals. And he scored a goal and an assist in the final. His team won 3-1. So there was memories there to last a lifetime. He had a fantastic summer. And he's just taken off from there. So he's, uh, look, it's his dream to be a professional soccer player. It's a very, very long road ahead. I'm very, very proud of him. I'm very proud of both my boys. And, um, you know, I just, I just, The only thing i tell them is hard work yeah like there's no shortcuts it's going to be a lot of hard work and uh, if it works out it works out and if it doesn't uh at least no regrets you know that you tried you gave everything
0: yeah and you could see yourself taking an early
1: retirement to uh go
0: city to city to
1: to watch your boys right uh the beauty is is with (laughs) podcasting is i could do it from anywhere in the world. world yeah and and that's one thing by the way with radio that you just can't do. Yep. Once again, I've had some opportunities, but you know, as much as I want to give podcasting everything I have at the same time too, if my boys are away, if they need me and I got to go, they're going to go. I'm getting on the first yeah. plane. And, and I know I can't do that if I'm working no. in radio where I'm going to have to end and so I have a lot of free time now and um i'm probably going to pre-record some podcasts or i'm probably going to bring my laptop with me and my mic and i'm going to do a lot of them but i mean the plan is is to be in portugal for the uh for the month of august yeah that's the plan but we'll see what happens and we'll see if uh you know who else is going to follow and we'll we'll see i mean yeah. i might go with my wife or yeah. we or we might go at different times this way you know, there's always going to be someone there for my son. And, you know,
0: there's a lot of exciting stuff happening yeah. to you, you know, and good things come because we had this discussion many times to those who wait, right? People who yeah. are patient. There are many times we talked about, you know, your career, my career. I meant many times talking about your career and say, hey, Tony, it's all going to work out eventually. And look at this.
1: Yeah. And well, so because there was a lot of, you know, f- um, it was hard for a long time for me. Yes. Right. I, I didn't make millions. Like I didn't make millions. It was, uh, you know, as much as I loved what I did at the end of the day, you have to be able to pay the bills and I was able to pay the bills, but for the first 12, 13 years, not a huge salary. Mm -hmm. Took a while. Yep. It took a while,
0: which is good advice for anybody that, Wants to follow their dream. It doesn't necessarily happen right away. Yeah, yeah and you got to put in the hard work. I mean, work you just weekends sure. for the
1: first ten years. Yeah, of course. You know, and you have to do that kind of stuff. Left and some vacation days on the table. If something broke on a Sunday and you went in, I I was there. Like, you were I never. There. Yeah. I never said no. Yeah. Like if anyone wants to do um, what I'm doing, what you're doing, I'll just say to them, you know what? Uh, never say no. Like just just keep on plugging do away. Do whatever it takes
0: your sons have a good role model in you and I've met your wife and she's a business owner You're good people people ask me all the time What's Tony like? People have their preconceived notions about he's a jerk. No, I've never said that And this is what I say I go, He's a good guy. He's always been considerate kind gives people his time You know, I remember Tony coming in when I was doing radio, the door would open and he'd pass by my (laughs) co-host and he'd come straight to me and he'd say hi and then he'd start talking, right? We'd be talking about hockey. Tony, you're a good person. I wish you nothing but the best of luck. You have a big heart.
1: Thank you, Frank.
0: And I'm not just saying it because it's this podcast. Yeah. I've always believed in you with what you do in life and being bigger than you were a year ago and all that doesn't surprise me one bit that things are going well with your podcast and your career. And I wish you nothing but the best. And I consider you a friend. Thank you. We've had a lot of great conversations. I feel like I could tell you what I'm feeling. Yes. You tell me what you're feeling. It's a whole other dynamic that people have never heard. Yeah. Uh, Two Italian guys just chatting and being vulnerable and being real with each other. And so
1: I wish you... Look, I I appreciate that, Frank, very, very much. And I'm going to tell you this. um, You're a good guy too. And I know the last couple of years, I don't even know if I should go there, but I'll go there anyway. It hasn't been easy because you've had your opinions. And there's a lot of people that have been turned off by your opinions. I don't know if I can say that, but I just did. Of course you can. But for me, you're my friend. And whether you think people should do something... Or you think people shouldn't do something, or you think people should vote for somebody or not vote for somebody, whatever, doesn't change anything for me. And you know what? I I know that uh, you've probably been um, alienated by some over the past couple of years. But for, for me, you're my friend. Friends are for life. Doesn't change that we share the same opinion on a vaccine, or we don't share the same opinion on a vaccine. You didn't get vaccinated. I got vaccinated three times in eight months, who cares? It doesn't, doesn't change anything about the way I feel about you or whatever, you see things a certain way, I see things a certain way, I'm not gonna stop talking to you, right? So, you know, when uh, when you invited me, I was very, very happy with the invitation and uh, I'll always be here to support. Thanks
0: for saying that, Or now we're gonna have a good laugh. Never in the 125 episodes have I ever admitted I didn't get vaccinated. <laughs> <laughs> and oh. it took Tony Marinero to say I got three boosters? You didn't get vaccinated? <laughs> Hold on a second. Did you or did not you? You did it. Tony. No. <laughs> of course not. Of course not. I think everyone has figured that out, but it's so funny that it would take you Yeah. to come yeah. 125 episodes after the fact and just say it it's, it's Tony, I I, I no, don't but for me hide. I don't, hide, I don't hide anything.
1: Yeah. Friendship yeah. is bigger.
0: Than any than of that seeing stuff. seeing eye to eye on yeah, opinions. Of course. Like. Yeah. Tony, you know? the, the world changed so much. And I always wanted to be able, and still do, to continue sharing my thoughts, being real, as you are in the sports world, right? There's, there's things that you didn't, you didn't go there with a lot of the stuff. And you know what? It would have been maybe career suicide for you to go there because that's not what you're known for. You're known for sports. Yeah you kind of dabbled in it a few times and you realized, ooh, maybe I shouldn't go down that road and you refrained from talking about stuff like that. For me, it was something completely different because I think had I still had my radio show, I may have lost my radio show because I would have felt the way I felt and I would have been vocal and I probably wouldn't have made it anyway, right? So to me, I never cared whether somebody did or didn't, whether somebody supports this person or not. I just want to be able to have the conversation to be real, to have the freedom to choose what I want to do and what I want to talk about, which is yeah. what this drive-by podcast has become. And the fact that I could sit here with my friend, Tony, and have a conversation as candid as it was and talk about anything, don't you feel like, you know, the same way when you're hosting your podcast and yeah. you're talking about sports, you feel free, right? You well, feel, don't this you feel is, good. This is,
1: and, and so look. We talked about radio for a long time. I get stopped often from people who say, "Oh man, like I, I just I, I miss you on the radio." And by the way, I appreciate that and I love you all and I miss radio too. But you know, most people that say that are of a certain age, and they're usually over fifty. Let's just say it's right? true. I want to yeah. do this for a long time, and podcasting. It's the younger generation that has their phone in their hand 15 hours a day. That's the target market. That's who I'm targeting. That's the demographic right there. And you know what? They have that phone in their hands 15 hours a day. And if I wanna do this for another 15 years, those are the people that I wanna cater to and stuff like that. So um, I don't even know where I'm going with this, but I just, (laughs) we've been talking for two hours. Almost two hours, (laughs) Wow, eh? (laughs) I'm all in and so no what you were saying the fact that we can we can talk extensively. Yes. This is where I was going is that <laughs> as much as we talked about how much we love radio, the fact of the matter is you had a job where you probably could talk, I don't know, on four hours, tell me how much talk time you had. An hour? I think, hour? It, was, I think it was four hours.
0: I think it was less than about a half an hour. Of actual talk time and four hours. You had hours. half
1: an hour of talk time, right? Yeah, like
0: if I were to record all the talk
1: breaks. And if, yeah. we were gonna, if I was going to go on your show and we were going to do this, instead of talking for two hours- 90 seconds. We would have talked for two minutes max. Tops. Right? And if you would have come on my show and we would have done this on my show, I would have been able to do it probably for about 12 or 13 minutes. And then we would have gone to commercial for six minutes. <laughs> and then if there would have been a sports update- at the half hour, yeah, we probably would have gone to commercial and sports update. It probably would have taken ten minutes. Podcasting, it's nonstop, it's all the time, it's no filter, it's say what you want, you, no interruptions. I love it. And as much as I like what I do, and we have, you know, we have a certain format. I wish I could do this format: live, personal in the same studio, face-to-face, eye contact. This setup is amazing. It's amazing. It's an amazing setup.
0: What I do, it works. For what you do, it would be completely complicated because yeah. you would have to have the guests coming in. It's, it's a lot more complicated. I can and, do
1: it on a feature basis. Correct. Maybe I can open something up where I can say, you know what, 10 interviews. Yes. Over 10 months, once a month, and that's what we're gonna do. Yep. And things things are gonna change for the Sick Podcast. Mm-hmm. We are working on stuff like this. Mm-hmm. We are working on other podcasts. We're working on live podcasts. We're working with an audience. I shouldn't have said this. I haven't even said oh, it on my great. own podcast it's yet. Amazing. And I'm actually, you know, giving a scoop here on yours. But the sick podcast is gonna be new and improved. Come next hockey season. Yeah. And you know what, Tony? Because that's what you got to, you just got to keep on getting You got
0: to keep changing and reinventing yourself. And the thing that I admire about, you know, we've talked about this many times about the SICK podcast. It doesn't matter that you're on whatever, Zoom or on your computer and you're doing it and content. Yes. I've always been particular about the way something looks. It's part of my nature, right? Part of my personality how something looks, the lighting, all that, but at the end of the day, nothing else matters more than content. That's the number 1 thing. So that's something that you do on a daily basis in your domain and you do it better than anyone else. Thank you. And I wish you nothing but the best of luck. I
1: appreciate it, Frank.
0: Look forward to seeing you on TV and listening to you on the French side on the radio soon after your two-month uh, summer vacation is done. No,
1: I'm just merci kidding. beaucoup.
0: Yeah. merci beaucoup, Tony Marinaro. Yeah, 12 weeks.
1: 12 weeks? vacation you have 12 weeks vacation? on radio and french yeah but and tec- 15 15 weeks on television yeah
0: but you don't well technically you do but you're working hard on i'm working podcast. with yeah.
1: my podcast throughout regardless yeah. tony very grateful double shift thank your you. best players thank double you double so shift your best players. Felicità. Take a senti step. nell'aria c'è già la nostra canzone d'amore che va come un pensiero che sa di felicità.
0: Thank you. Tony Marinaro, episode 125 of the Drive-By Podcast is over. Ciao, bro. Ciao. Episode 125 of the Drive-By Podcast is sponsored by Playground and their July Power Week. It's a must-play poker event happening from July 22nd to July 30th, featuring five Playground ring events and over $300,000 in guaranteed prize pools. Located just over the Mercier Bridge and only minutes from downtown Montreal, visit us at Playground.
1: The drive-by. With Freeway Frank
0: The Drive By Podcast brought to you by Own Space